This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, it's Paul Wheelock and welcome to the Morning Bulletin podcast where we round up all the big headlines from overnight concerning Liverpool FC. And for the second day running, we are going to be talking about transfers, transfers, transfers. But whereas yesterday I had Theo Squires on the line with me, today I picked up the phone to Matt Addison. Good morning, Matt. Uh, it does feel like the transfer market is beginning to hot up, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. We, uh, we didn't really know exactly how it would pan out, not just for Liverpool, but for teams across the country and, and further afield. But yeah, it certainly seems like the wheels are, are in motion in various different players. Obviously, Manchester City, as we're going to come to, very busy. Probably a few other teams will be as well. And obviously that news of, of Jamal Lewis and, and Liverpool, which we are going to go into very shortly. And uh, yeah, it seems like a few different things are, are going on. And it's uh, yeah, certainly... An interesting time to, to be keeping an eye on all of those things. Certainly is. And we'll start with Jamal Lewis, as you you mentioned then. On yesterday's pod, if, if, if no one's listened to it, we did report that, yes, Liverpool are interested in signing the uh, Norwich City left-back. But Theo Squires, who joined me, questioned whether he'd want to join Liverpool, given he will primarily be back up to Andy Robinson, who is regarded as one of the best left-backs in, in world football. But according to our former Liverpool FC correspondent, James Pearce, who now writes for The Athletic, Lewis is actually desperate to join the new Premier League champions and, and understandably so, given what Jurgen Klopp's got going on at Anfield. However, both James Pearce and Matt Law of The Telegraph, Matt, suggest there could be another obstacle in, in getting this deal done and it's to do with the price. Yeah, the, the price seems to, to be the sticking point, obviously. Liverpool were looking at a deal for around £10 million. That was the sort of offer that they were prepared to make. But yeah, Crystal Palace made an offer of £12 million for Jamal Lewis in January. That was turned down. So Liverpool were always going to have to pay at least that much, if not more, this summer. Norwich are under no financial pressure to sell. They want closer to £20 million. Well, at least £20 million. Uh, That's exactly what they want for Max Aaron as well on the opposite flank. So yeah, it's, it seems like they are going to sort of hold out uh, but I suppose the fact that Jamal Lewis is desperate for this move um, as James Pearce has reported as you say I suppose that gives Liverpool um, a little bit of a boost there might be some sort of agreement that can sort of be made between that, the 10 million that they want to pay the 20 that Norwich would want and, and hopefully they can sort of figure something out because yeah um, Theo was, was absolutely right that you know it would be understandable if Jamal Lewis didn't want to come to Liverpool because he wouldn't be first choice but it seems that's not going to be the case I think potentially Jamal Lewis can can play further forward Liverpool maybe have, have sort of sold it on the fact that he wouldn't just be a left back he could potentially you know, move forward and, and play on the left wing uh, there's some suggestion that potentially he could be almost a, a Dan Lovren replacement as, as well as an Andy Robertson backup they believe Potentially, he could play at centre-back as well, which would be an interesting one to see. Um, so, yeah, I think there, there would be opportunities, certainly, for, for Jamal Lewis to play next season. And Obviously, if you're, you're playing 20, 25 games for the best team in the country, that's you know not a bad position to be in. So, it certainly seems like there's still a lot of work for Liverpool to do to get the deal done. Um, but the fact that Jamal Lewis is desperate for the move to take place... It, it's certainly a, a promising sign. The only thing I would say is, is Yasser Larucci has been sort of put into uh, a possibility of, of a deal going the other way. It seems unlikely that that will be the case, though, because Norwich signed Sam McCullen 
from Coventry um, in January, so they've effectively already got a replacement ready for Jamal Lewis. So I'd be surprised if they were interested in him. So, yeah, I think there's, uh, as I say, a long way to go with this transfer, but it's one that you certainly wouldn't be surprised if a compromise on that price tag could be found maybe in a week or two's time. Yeah, and Liverpool have proved even before this coronavirus crisis that they are not afraid of walking away from deals if they don't think it's right for the club. They always try to get values in the in the transfers they make. And you know, when money is an object, it's it's no object to the next club we're going to talk about though. Manchester City, who have completed the forty one million pound signing of Bournemouth centre back Nathan Ake. The Athletic, which is one year old this week, have done a detailed explainer on the deal. If you're a subscriber to uh, their app, it's it's really well worth a read. And there's a part of the story that caught your eye, Matt, in particular when we were talking about it last night. Yeah, there's absolutely loads and loads of detail in this piece. Um, £41 million, pounds, first of all, I would say, is quite expensive. A lot of money. Um, but I just think that is the sort of fee at the moment that a player of his age and his standing would demand them. City didn't want a repeat of, of the Harry Maguire situation last season. Pep Guardiola was insistent that they would sign um, a replacement for Vincent Company. Obviously, United in the end ended up paying the money for Maguire. Again, I think it was far too much for, for them to pay. City were not prepared to, to pay that money, but this summer they just didn't mess about. They went in and, and got him and, and okay, it was you know, for half the amount, but it was probably still a lot more than what most teams would have been prepared to pay for, for a relegated centre-back. So, yeah, look, City have, have been in the situation before. Um, one of the, the bits that stood out to me was that Frankie de Jong, when he went to Barcelona, they were you know, chasing him and, and they ended up for, for luxury instead. But, yeah, the, the, the sort of thing that you allude to there, the, the main point from this article that I took really was the suggestion that the fact that Ake was valued or certainly in his, his contract, a club who wants to buy him would have to offer at least £40 million. So City offered £41 million. That's the, the sum that they had paid. But the suggestion was that they didn't have to offer another full million pounds on top of the £40 million. It was just a PR move because after Liverpool rejected that £40 million and a pound bid for Luis Suarez from Arsenal... City didn't want a repeat of that PR move. So <laughs> essentially what we are saying here is Manchester City have paid a million pounds, if this is true, to make sure that they don't look bad, which does seem like a very, very expensive PR move. I mean, there is also the suggestion that Manchester United have also made inquiries for Nathan Ake. Chelsea would have been able to, to match the bid. Um, because obviously they sold him to Bournemouth. That was part of the deal that took him there. There was a little bit of interest from other clubs which possibly pressed City into making this move. But yeah, it, it seems like an absolutely crazy suggestion, really, that Manchester City didn't have to pay £41 million. They could have paid almost a million pounds less, but didn't to make sure that they didn't look bad um, in the press. So, yeah, I think that is... Uh, it almost sums up where Manchester City are at financially compared to <laughs> certainly a lot of other teams in the Premier League at the moment. 
Yeah, to paraphrase John W. Henry, what are they smoking over there at the Etihad? Like, fair, fair play, a million pound. Well, I suppose it is to most people, to other people, it's like uh, finding a tenner down the back of the sofa, a million pounds to Manchester City. They've uh, proved that over the years and it looked like they're going to prove it again this summer. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Uh, now we'll we'll move on to a man who was featured on our podcast many, many times since he left Liverpool, and that's Philip Coutinho. Uh, most of you probably see there were reports on online, on Twitter, on social media yesterday that he was ready to return to the Premier League with Arsenal. But our sister website, The Mirror, is suggesting differently, Matt. Yeah, from one financial situation to another, really, at the same time as City paying all of that money for Ferran Torres, for Nathan Ake, Arsenal losing 55 members of staff. Um, I'm sure people will have seen that news by now. And yeah, it's a difficult situation financially. I think it, first of all, underlines why Liverpool are not going out and, and spending lavishly because you know clubs are really, really struggling at the moment. So, yeah, Arsenal getting rid of, of staff, but at the same time, they did want to sign Willian from Chelsea and Felipe Coutinho as well. The suggestion, though, from the mirror is that they can only afford to sign one of them and it would appear that chosen to sign Willian over Philippe Coutinho. So, yeah, it looks like Willian will be going from Chelsea on a free transfer to Arsenal. I think it's a, a huge risk, first of all. Um, a three-year deal with an option of a fourth year for a player who's already 31. You can understand why Chelsea are not prepared to, to do that, certainly on the money that he will be on. It does seem like a little bit of a financial risk at the time clubs really can't afford to be making those sorts of decisions. But that is the decision that they have taken. Um, It looks like Felipe Coutinho now won't be going to Arsenal despite all of that speculation. And I suppose the most likely thing at this moment in time, and to be fair, we can say, I think, on this podcast a few months ago, that the most likely situation heading into the summer was that Coutinho would stay at Barcelona now because, you know, the, the sort of financial package that clubs would have to put together to get him was always going to be a huge amount. And it looks like that will be true. It looks like Coutinho won't get a move away from Barcelona and he could well still be there next season. So, yeah, I mean, I suppose for, for Liverpool fans, it will be maybe not a relief, but certainly not a bad thing that he's not going to be playing for, for one of their Premier League rivals next season. But uh, yeah, I suppose the, the only thing I would say is you know, hopefully he can make it work at Barcelona because we know how much of a fantastic player he can be and he certainly has not shown that in the the two and a half years since leaving Liverpool. No, Philip Coutinho is clearly still very, I don't know if popular with Liverpool fans, but there's certainly an interest in him. We've seen it again on Twitter last night. His name was trending. And uh, another name that was trending was that of LeBron James after he was filmed wearing a certain jersey, jersey mat. Yeah, the uh, the night kit deal in action, I think, last night. We saw Liverpool's part owner, LeBron James, wearing the new kit, of course. I think people can, can go out and buy it today. I think I'm right in saying that. And, yeah, I mean, this really is it's why Nike beat New Balance in court to get this deal over the line because it's their power. It's, it's the way that they work. Their sort of business model is to use their headline athletes uh, like LeBron James and, and plenty others as well to sort of market their shirts and, and their sort of um, you know football merchandise and, and whatever. So, yeah, obviously this is a, a big deal, a huge, huge star. It's it's somebody that you know we've we've written about plenty of times. Um, 
wrote a piece a few weeks ago suggesting that you know there could be some sort of clothesline or something like that 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 Liverpool have with LeBron James's name on it. There could be some sort of branding and, and stuff that goes on around that. So. Yeah, I think it's an exciting time for Liverpool financially. This is going to be you know, a huge deal. We always knew that. And, you know, for LeBron James to be involved, um, even you know, in, in just sort of a, a photo opportunity and something like that, for, for him to, to be doing that already, you know, we're only what six days into this Nike partnership, and, and already they're putting things like that into action. I think it, it just goes to show really why Billy Hogan and, and all the, the sort of people behind the scenes were so excited about this. So, yeah, whatever you think about the, the design of the new shirt, personally, I'm I'm quite in favour of it. I quite like it. Uh, there's been a fair bit of, of negativity, I have to say, around it. But, you know, whatever you think of, of what it looks like, this is the sort of most important thing, really. And Liverpool are going to be financially much better off because of, of this deal with Nike. And, of course, that means that we talk about transfers and, and we talk about all of those sorts of things. It's all going to feed back into to making the club even stronger from that fairly strong financial position they're already in at the moment. So, yeah, LeBron James wearing a Liverpool shirt, it might not seem massively important on the face of it, but certainly I think the, the sort of underlying message and that sort of thing is this is the first of, of many times we're going to see things like this. And the more Liverpool's name can get spread around the world, the more money essentially they will have to, to spend and improve the playing squad so yeah I think uh, Liverpool fans should certainly be excited about seeing images like that coming in from you know as big an athlete as him So our final piece of news and it one that may have got lost yesterday given LeBron James given Coutinho given Jamal Lewis but it, it, it regards one of the rising stars of Liverpool's academy Tom Hill he's actually signed a new contract with the club and Matt is one of our resident academy experts at the Echo and Blood Red is this good news for, for Tom and the club? Yeah absolutely it's uh, been an absolutely brilliant year for the player nine goals from midfield an impressive return obviously the academy season was cut short in March as well so he probably would have added couple more at least before the end of the season had finished in normal times so yeah look he's he's one of those players that has impressed certainly someone that we've talked about a lot um, certainly since the turn of the year tenacious presser you know he, he's one who, who really understands that system really well and as I say nine goals is, is so so impressive when you've got the sort of physical qualities the technical qualities but you've also got those sort of numbers being generated um, you know that's hugely important player who's aiming to, to move forward. He finished the season in the under-23s. I think we're going to see a lot more of, of that next season. Obviously, his under-18s boss, Barry Luther, stepping up. And I'm sure Tom Hill potentially is, is one of those who could take that spot with him. So, yeah, look, it's, it's been an amazing year for, for Tom Hill. Started in the Villa um, Park in, in the Carabao Cup. Obviously, that result wasn't the best, but what an experience that was for him. And now, of course, you know, looking like he potentially will step up to the, the under-23s with a new contract signed. So, yeah, an exciting time. I think the academy now are, well, certainly the academy now are back in training, ready for the new season. Um, I picked out, you know, Tom Hill, plenty of times of, of those players to watch at the academy. So, yeah, a new contract is just reward, really, for, for his progress and yeah, it's, uh, the obvious next step. So, certainly... He is one of those when the academy fixtures start up again, and I believe that will be probably next month or, or into October. Then 
certainly he is one to watch out for. Good stuff, Matt. Thank you very much for contributing as always. And thank you very much for listening as always. The Liverpool.com guys will be back later today with their latest podcast. But until then, bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.